Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Real Sports Guys, RSG Renegade Radio. The uh, OGs are in the house. We're going to do a little NBA talk, get into the NBA free agency. This is your man, Marcus, the game changer. It's been a minute since I've been on, but you know it's that time of year, and I had to come back. I had to make a guest spot. DJ, uh, my man D. Wills dusted me off, got me up out, got me, kicked me off the couch. You know, he was in, he'd been grinding in the studio, in the booth all this time. He kind of, I was sleeping on the couch. He kind of kicked me. He said, man, you need to come drop a high 16. So, you know, I woke up, dusted off my pen, got the paper out, you know what I mean? So we got something blazing for you. Um, we're really looking forward to getting into this. I got my man D. Wills. Holler at the people. Man, it's, it's good to have you back with all this craziness. It's Christmas in July. It's the NBA. It's, 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 it's free agency. It's summer league. You know, I just I knew this was the time that you just – it was like you couldn't sleep, but I knew we had to come in and just – Bless everybody with a with a with a uh, with a with a, with a uh, sixteen bars or whatever you need, you know. Get your Kendrick on uh, to really. Do, there's so much happening. I'm looking forward to it, man. It's just good to be back in the booth with you, and uh, looking forward to doing the show. Yeah. So we were planning on kind of discussing LeBron's big move to L.A., uh, becoming a Laker, and just kind of switching the whole vibe up of how he's made decisions. Um, and then the Warriors upstaged that brother again. <laughs> well, and, and you, do, they, do they do this on purpose? <laughs> Can he not have nice things no more? Is that what they are? And then the Warriors go out and sign DeMarcus Cousins yesterday um, to a one-year deal. Man, free agency, let's just talk about that for a second. Free agency in the NBA has become such an event. Um, I think the the presence that social media has and the league has, both from the teams, from the players, from writers, uh, bloggers, and other folks who uh, follow the game, reporters, um, the NBA Twitter this time of year is just crazy entertaining. Um it is so entertaining. There's so much information flying around, different takes, different opinions, and it's all instant. And it just captivates you um, in a way that other sports haven't quite figured out how to manage their offseason in that way or leverage their offseason in that way. But, man, when July 1 hits, I mean, like, I was waking up at, like, 3 in the morning, like, checking my phone to see who, who signed where. You know what I mean? And, you know, a couple of days after that, now we got we got Summer League kicking off where you get to see some of the rookies and the younger guys playing. So it's just, a, it's just like you said, it's basketball Christmas in July. Um, it's a great time. But what are your thoughts on just how the NBA has figured out how to leverage this part of the calendar? It's what, what traditionally was a dead period because baseball hasn't kicked in a full swing yet. Um, training camps haven't opened up. And this was traditionally like a dead period um, in the sports calendar. Um, back in the day, this was when I would do my, uh, my uh, fantasy football 
mock drafts and, and get get my prep going. Um, but you know, it was a different lifetime. Uh, but yeah, man. Now, now, now it's just it's just basketball, man. I'm just into the NBA and free agency. It's kind of crazy how it's all evolved. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, when you think about it, starts. You have the draft, right? Uh, you have NBA honors, right? So the celebrating a lot of debate about the timing of that event, which was incredible considering that the coach of the year got fired and then had to go up and do a presentation, um, and now is with my Pistons. Um, so that was there was drama there around you know the rookie of the year award and just you know it just that becomes kind of the event where everybody comes out. It's right around the BET Awards, so you got that energy. You got the stars in there, uh, the, the the music, and it, so they start with that. You got you, you also got the draft going on, and then you come into free agency period in the summer league. And I think they've just created this momentum that um, you know people are just catching on to. I think that the at the summer league in, uh, in California, one in Sacramento, they had like thirteen thousand people there for the Kings and the Lakers uh, summer league game. Um, there's just so much energy on top of it. You got, you know, something that's really not non-NBA, but then you also got the big three. So this idea around basketball and its legacy has kind of taken over this time. And you got the WNBA. Let's not forget the sisters. And the WNBA. You got the WNBA popping, too. <laughs> and, I, and I'm watching that, too. I'm watching the WNBA, too. You know, And I got invested interest, you know, with my niece over there in Indiana. You know, uh, shout out to Chanel. Do your thing, girl. Get ready. Get back. Uh, so yeah, I'm watching that too, and, and finding myself, you know, engaged in uh, with the WNBA, and also you also see um, even with the WNBA, you see this this great camaraderie between NBA players and WNBA players and support. So like all of this is uh, just gumbo for us and. You're talking about a league that allows for its players to have a voice, to, to engage, uh, to, to be out there, to help brand and market. So you're right. It, this is just been – I've been – almost. I mean, these past 72 hours have just been uh, – like I was going to have – I thought I was going to have a heart attack. I mean, all these things. And then it's not just these big moves, but there's been some small kind of uh, really kind of key moves that fly under the radar. You know, uh, as well, you got like Tariq Evans going to the Pacers. You know, and so you, you see some of these minor moves that nobody pays attention to, and then in March they're like, "Wow, okay, I didn't realize this was happening with this team." And so, but you know, the story is boogie. The story is boogie. It, it started out LeBron, and this was so amazing about it. It was all about LeBron, and now it's all about boogie. If you would have said, if I would have said it was going to be about boogie cousins, you and I would have been like. Ain't no way in the world it could be about Boogie Cousins. But the problem with happened with Boogie, and this is where these analytics and then you have these people who are thinking too much about image and not really looking at the reality of what he did in New Orleans or not, and, and in ways where teams who have culture, like, like, like the Golden State Warriors, don't worry about some of those things. They know how to keep it in check. And so – you know, people was very good with bashing him, but when Coach Taylor said it, like, we got the right culture to keep this guy in check, and we don't need to worry about it right now. We can put him on the shelf, and we can bring him back in when we want to. So it just – and he made a decision, which is which is incredible when these players are being more strategic, where he said, I'm going to take the mid-level exception, 
and bet on me and come back out. So there's so much gumbo in this time to, to break down. But I got a theory about that boogie thing because, you know, early on it was the Lakers was going to be going after them. And I got a theory that I want to share with you in a, in, uh, uh, in a little bit. Yeah, so there's quite there's quite a lot of information going around about the whole Biggie uh, Boogie situation, and so with Boogie, it kind of boiled down to he wasn't getting the kind of offers that he felt he deserved, right? And rightfully so. And Achilles in 2018 is what an ACL was right. in like 1985, as far as basketball goes. It is the injury changes traditionally, usually changes who a basketball player is after that. Now, Biggie, uh, Boogie is a bit of a uh, an outlier in that he is younger than anybody, also bigger physically than anybody, um, and better than anybody else who has had this injury. So there really isn't a template for people to gauge how he's going to come back from this. People just don't know. Um, all people know is that Achilles, usually you don't come back the same dude. Now, again, being 27 – um, being as good as he is, he can come back and be just fine. People don't know. But being as big as he is, he can come back and not be the same dude. People don't know. And I think that played a big part in what kind of deals he got um, on top of just his personality, his persona, and how he has the, the kind of come of age in the league. He's had one season where this past year where he kind of matured a little bit, but before that, dude was all over the place. And so I think all of that played into a lot of teams just being like, yeah, he's on a do-not-touch list. Um, and the way I feel like this all played out is Boogie was like, okay, so this is all I'm getting? Well, you know what? Watch this. And he picked up his phone, and he called the Warriors. Because <laughs> he's like, okay, y'all don't think I'm worth nothing? I'm going to go play for the Warriors. <laughs> and that's going to be the new chess move for, for guys, right? Oh, nobody else want to give me right. the money? Cool, I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go play for the Warriors. How, how about that? <laughs> How about that? Y'all don't want to pay me? I'm going to play for the Warriors. And so, like, I think this was his middle finger to the rest of the league. That's right. And, like, I'm going to go there. They got a good enough system in place where I'm going to have time to rehab and come back when I need to and when I'm ready. I won't be rushed because I won't be the centerpiece. When I come back, I will be in a championship environment. I will get to have that experience, see what that is like. Um, From things that I've heard, he was very upset not like outwardly upset, but just inwardly upset and bothered by the fact that his team finally made the playoffs and he wasn't able to be out there um, and play in the playoffs. And that would have been his first time playing in the playoffs this past season with the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, So there's a lot of stuff that's in this that people kind of don't look at. Um, The Lakers supposedly tried to offer him um, a deal, but, you know, again, he wasn't interested um, or, or there was just they, – they, they couldn't they – couldn't everybody couldn't get on the same page. The Lakers were interested, but they couldn't get on the same page. Um, so, yeah, it just kind of – but this is what the Warriors do, and this is what great organizations in all fields do, right? They build up a, a, a base of culture – resources, equity that allows them to take calculated risk and calculated gambles. And this is what this is. This is a calculated gamble on the Warriors' part. They know they only going to have him for a year. It benefits him. It benefits them. He gets to rehab his body. He gets to rehab his image. He gets to learn uh, how to be a part of a championship team. They get a missing piece, a big man uh, who can – facilitate play with the ball in his hands, play without the ball. 
He can shoot from the perimeter. So they get a piece that they haven't had, which is a big body inside, which strategically allows them to kind of punish teams that want to do that switching that Houston was so effective doing against them that Boston will also do against them eventually when they face off against the Celtics or Philly will do against them eventually when they face off against the Sixers. I want you to put Chris Paul on DeMarcus Cousins. I want you to do that. See how that go. They got away. You know what I mean? Houston did that all series. They got away with that. Eric Gordon, guys like that. Put them on, put them on DeMarcus Cousins. Like, you can get away with it when it's Jordan Bell. You can get away when it was Kevon Looney. You know, you can get away when it was Zaza. But do that with DeMarcus. You know, he's going to have you eating lunch. He's going to eat your lunch. You know what I mean? Um, so it's not going to go well. So it, I think it, it works out for the Warriors in a different kind of way. Is the league broken and, and the Warriors just gives the Warriors a championship? That's that's doing too much. That's fan talk. And I've been really on this kick lately where I don't talk sports with fans. <laughs> I especially don't talk basketball with fans. <laughs> if you're a fan of so-and-so, if you're a fan of this, if you're a fan of that, we can't have a rational conversation because fans are not here for rational thought. So in the end, I I don't I don't I don't jive with fans like that. But um what are your thoughts on it? Well, so my thought about uh, the only way that you can beat a dynasty is with the Trojan horse. Gold State is on a they're just humming at a level. Every move is gold. And one of the things, and this is where I get you, this is this is where I get you, LeBron, when you were making your games of phone move. It's all good if Boogie cooperates. If Boogie doesn't cooperate, you saw their series where where Steve Kerr sat David West, and David West kind of had a sideways look when he looked like he was supposed to be in the game. And, you know, on that team, there's only a few people who can can do that. And so the one thing about this, and, I mean, he's done some incredible things in New Orleans. I think he really did a job, you know, a lot of reports about the work he did in the community, all the work he did, in, you know, but he is so anxious to prove himself that if he gets frustrated, he's saying he's going to be back for training camp. There's no way in the world Golden State Warriors going to let him come back for training camp. We might not see it until after the All-Star break. So if, if he just doesn't accept those things, then it could be problematic in terms of the chemistry of the team. you got people like Draymond there to hold him in check and some of the other folks. But if I were looking for one way to break them up, I call it the Trojan horse. Can you bring somebody in there <laughs> that, that, that on paper? But see, I don't think like it'll work that way because he's so cheap. They got him so cheap. If he ain't working out, they just they just send him away. They just cut it. I mean, just let him go. And they could. It's only five mil, and it's a one-year deal. Yeah, so that's it, why it, I say I don't think it it'll go could. that way because I think they'll just let him go. I think the thing yeah. with DeMarcus and the reason I think it will work as far as his personality goes, whether it works out on the court is a different thing. I think there's going to be some, there's going to be some figuring out to that. But as far as how it's going to work in the locker room, I think it's going to work out fine because he is trying to get another deal. That is why this is beneficial to him because he can tell everybody when he's done with this, one, I've been a part of a championship team if they win the title. Right, So if they win a title, he can go to the meetings next summer and be like, I've been in the championship locker room. I know what it takes to win a championship. I've seen it firsthand. I was a a productive member of a championship team, and 
Now I'm healthy. Pay me. You know what I mean? Pay me like a franchise center who has a championship, right? If he acts a fool, he blows that, and he's back. He's back where he is this summer, next summer, scraping up, scraping pennies, trying to get a deal. So he has his career as far as how much money he earns on the line with this move to Golden State. This is a this is a rehab and renovate type of situation with him. He's trying to get his body right, and then he's got to get his image right, so that when he he can come out of this and make himself a lot of money. If he bites his tongue, does what he needs to do, he can come out of this with a ring, being able to call himself a champion, being able to call himself a franchise big man, and being able to show that he's healthy on a big stage, right? With the eyes, with the with the world's eyes on him, he can show everybody that. And that's why I don't think he'll act up. Because also, if he acts up, they only paying him five mil. They could just be like, bye, Felicia. And they can keep on keeping on. And they still going to be the Warriors. They still got KD. They still got Steph. They still got Draymond. They still got Clay. And they're going to spend the first half of the season playing without them anyway. So if you act a fool if you want to, we'll just keep doing what we've been doing. So it's, it, I, it's, I, it's, I think it's that. a great situation. I, I, just, yeah, I, I think it's, I, I agree with you. I think it's a great situation. I just put that slight little thing made for TV. That would be good for us for made for TV. If he did put his clown Because this is what this is what this is what they did though, right? This is what they did. They could have had the white. Everybody in the locker room nixed that. They get it. So that's what I'm saying. The Warriors understand how important chemistry is, and they know you. They they have a culture, but they know you can't bring everybody in. Like some people are too toxic. So the players themselves, KD, Steph, they all co-signed on Demarcus coming in. Because they believe, yeah. from what they know of him, he's going to fit in. They did not co-sign on Dwight because they didn't think they were going to be in the market for DeMarcus. They were looking at possibly Dwight, mm-hmm. and they chose DeMarcus instead of Dwight. Who signed with the Wizards today? I'm just saying, it's a slim chance. It's the league's only hope. <laughs> the, tro- the, tro- the Trojan horse is the league's only hope. Yeah, like, I'm just saying, I, you know, he acted up, he's going to be out. Move. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think that's some really good moves. And how did L.A. go from the darling to everybody was just like, what's the next? What what are y'all doing? And so yeah, you know they were winning they were winning the free agency war in the media, and then they just went downhill. Not just with the Demarcus Cousins signing, but then with the other signings. I like the Lance Stevenson. Signing. Everything after LeBron was questionable. <laughs> Pretty yeah. much everything after um, LeBron was questionable. KCP I think was a good yeah. deal. KCP yeah. made sense. Stevenson, I don't know about that one. Lance Stevenson has never had a good basketball season when he hasn't been on the Pacers. This happened before. <laughs> he, look it up. He has never had a good season when he hasn't been in Indiana. And so, like, he's not in Indiana anymore. So what are, you, what are we going to see? Um, JaVale McGee is still JaVale McGee. Um, I, don't really, I don't really consider that like an impactful signing. I mean, he's a body on your roster. Um, Rondo, that one is the Rondo one is the real baffling one because I, I don't know how that works with Lonzo. Yeah, and because they spent so much money, now all of a sudden making that Kawhi trade got a lot harder because now they have to make money match where before they could have absorbed 
Kawhi's contract because because they would have had cap space. Now that they use up their cap space, now the money got a match, and they ain't nobody taking Lou Al Dang's money. Not without the Lakers giving up all types of first round picks, and I don't think they want to do that, or if they would have done it already. So, it, yeah, it went from like, oh, the Lakers got a plan to, what is y'all doing? And I don't know if it was you're not going to be able to outshoot the Golden State, but you got to have people who can switch and defend, and you know they got some youngins who can shoot. So I don't know. I don't know if this is the final move. I don't know if they. This is one of those things where we got to see what's happening between now and the trade deadline. You know uh, whether or not they're going to do it. Because uh, I, part of it, I didn't like them. You know. Um, you know. You know, not uh, keeping with a guy that went to uh, to New Orleans. You know, who had Randall you know, had a really good season. Yeah, Randall, Julius Randall. Randall, Julius Randall was that fit, and so you know, renouncing him and making those moves, I, I thought you probably could have. LeBron could have lived. You could he could have been a good fit with with what you're trying to do uh, with LeBron because. He was improving. He was stepping out. He was doing some things. You know, is there a way for you to have, you know, maybe one or two-year deal with him? You know, something that's, you know, that's there. But, you know, letting that go and those other moves. So, you know, Rock Link is a pretty smart guy. So I'm trying to figure out, you know, whether or not that's Magic overruling, you know, or, you know, Magic getting it, you know, locking Rondo. You know, you don't know which part of it is is leading and how that's setting up some – some other things, but you're right. It's going to be perplexing, and people are going to look at it um, and wonder, okay, why did we do all this get to LeBron and you didn't get any shooters? And all these shooters are going to other places. You, you could have potentially got some, some some really good cats who could who could help space the floor. So I think that's part of. But they said they talked to LeBron about these things. So I don't, you know, I don't know what he's thinking. He's a big veteran guy, and I think that's one of the tough things with LeBron. He likes a lot of veterans. When with this team, it's got to be a good balance between the veterans and some of that young talent. But they just got to trust. Yes, and I think that. Yes, and now that, that's, that's the, the that's, that's the piece that when they signed LeBron, I was excited to see kind of the the kind of uh, meshing of young guys with the right kind of vets, and they just went in a whole different yeah. direction. Because you add LeBron to what they have, and you know we talked about this over text between me, you, and PhD. Yep. Like, if they could have kept Randall, Kuzma, Ingram, LeBron, and Lonzo is a nice core, right? That's better than what Bron had last year and got to the finals with, albeit out of the East. But that team right there, you fill in, you use the cap space that they had left over, get guys on one-year deals, fill out your bench, and now you have a three-seed in the West with the chance to be a two-seed if injuries – you know, start to happen with the Rockets or the Warriors. But you're yep. in the mix. And you haven't mortgaged your future. Yep. You're developing guys who seem to have pretty high upside. Whether they're perennial all-stars or not, we still don't know. But Ingram is going to be a very good pro. Kuzma is going to be a very good pro. And Lonzo is going to be a very good pro. you got three guys who, at at their worst, are going to be high-level role players, elite-level role players, and at their best, you know, you got Kuzma who's, who can be an elite-level scorer. You got Ingram who can be 
uh, an elite level kind of three and D wing type, and then you got Lonzo who should be a transcendent point guard if he hits if they all hit their ceilings right, and then you got Randall who can yep. be a, a a B minus B plus Draymond type of a player who can facilitate cool. your offense as a big man um, with LeBron. But then they made all these moves that just seemed redundant. I mean, at first, Stevenson kind of made sense because, okay, you have another defender. You have another uh, potential ball handler. Yes, he's a little quirky personality, but his skill set kind of made sense in that way. Um, McGee, at least you had some sort of a length and rim rolling big who seemed like he could do a little bit of switching when he had to in Golden State. Um Wagner was a good pickup, pick and pop type of guy, stretch the floor type of size. Then I was hoping that KCP is a good fit, right? A shooting guard who can yep. shoot and play defense, right? And so that's it right. seemed like they had some nice pieces, but then the Rondo thing, and it's really the Rondo thing that's kind of like, why are you giving Rondo $9 million? Yes, it's only a one year yeah. deal, but I mean, for what though? I mean, maybe they think this uh, this knee thing with Lonzo is a little bit more serious than it is. Um, you know, there's rumors out there that Lonzo, uh, that uh, Ball can't put out the information about the meniscus so he wouldn't get traded, um, this, that, and the other. Either way, I just don't see the fit. Because Rondo's going to beat him out. Rondo, that's Rondo. Rondo's, yeah. Rondo's a competitor. Rondo's going to win that starting job, and Lonzo's going to be backing him up. You can't play them both together. Um, you can barely play them with LeBron. So, how is it? I, like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I just don't know how the Rondo yeah. thing fits. Um, we'll see what else they do, but I feel like they kind of backed themselves into a corner a little bit, at least for this season. This season, they should have just been like, listen, we're going to roll with what we got. We're going to keep our cap space, set ourselves up, get some good veteran types in the locker room that are going to help us mold the culture of our team with that are going to support LeBron and molding the culture of the team. And we're going to go from there. Um, they got yeah. two dudes who are very aloof in Stevenson and McGee and not culture guys at all. Rondo, I think can help with the culture, but again, I think he takes something off the plate of a young guy that they're trying to develop. Um, they should have got some wings and some big men who could be culture guys and come in and kind of be pros and, and, and again, support LeBron and building the culture within the organization and then really kind of have LeBron get to know his guys. The guys get to kind of figure out how to play together this year, see how far they can take it, and then next year try and strike big in, in, the, uh, in free agency. And they can still do that, but it just feels like some of the things, I just don't see it yet. Maybe it's coming. It's still well, early. One of, I just I don't think, see it yet. one of the things I think you alluded to, this might be why they got Rondo. I think they might be wearing thin with the whole Lonzo ball thing. Not with Lonzo, but thin with the distractions and the things with it. And Lonzo's one piece that if you were to move and make a trade or if you were to think about making a trade to San Antonio or, or one of these places, there's a young piece that people would probably want with some other things, and then you just fill in with Lonzo. But, see, I don't think anybody you know, does. Right. I don't think anybody wants Lonzo like yeah. that because, and this is why I say it, if the Lakers can't control the dad, it, what, what organization is. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
if they're not happy in that market and they're making noise in that market, if they go to a Denver, if they go to a Memphis, if they go to a Portland, one of those kind of markets, man, they're going it's gonna be they're gonna turn the whole thing into a circus, and the whole thing is gonna be all about them. So if their presence is too overwhelming for the Lakers, you know what I mean, and the Lakers are barely keeping a lid on the dad and the whole circus that comes with the family, then no other organization is going to be able to block out all that noise. Because the Lakers got plenty of noise. <laughs> yeah. The muffle, unless, if the triple like B noise. Yeah, if you take like a quarterback approach, one of the things is bringing somebody in like Rondo to help Ball understand how to run a team. Like um, having that veteran backup quarterback who is going to help the youngin understand how to run and really mentor him through through that. And so when he's on the floor, he's able to see, because they got a similar skill set, how you run a team. Now, if you took that approach, kind of like people do with veteran quarterbacks, then they might see you need somebody who's a mentor, who's an all-star, who's an all-star caliber, who played similar, who developed a little bit of J over time but knew how to run a team. That might be one of the rationales that they use to, to kind of bring him in when using that backup quarterback kind of uh, framework of a veteran quarterback working with a young quarterback. I think that might be the way in which they're looking at doing it uh, to help him learn how to run a team. But that's something you were hoping that LeBron would do. LeBron could help him with that too, right? So, right. you know, those are the things that, you know, I, I think might have played something into this. And, and to tell you right now, Rondo was doing his thing in the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, Rondo was doing work in the playoffs uh, this year. And and so it, it wasn't like he wasn't doing work in those big games. And so, you know, he's got some value. But, again, it's the whole thing about stunt growth that we talk about. At what point do you try to develop these young guys and and have willing veterans who are helping to mold them, knowing that they might think they should start, but they know their role is to help these young guys along. I mean, I think those are the things yeah. that you got to have, and that's a balance. And maybe they talked to Rondo like Magic was like, hey, this is what I need you to do. I need you to come in here and help this young man understand how you run a team. That's your job. I want you to be clear. I'm not having you come in here as a starter, but I need you to mentor this young man. You're going to run the second unit, and, um, and, and uh, we're going to really do it. But we need you to play a mentorship role on helping him understand how you run a championship team. Now, imagine Bob had that conversation, but we got to wait. To and I hope he did, out. and I hope they said, we're going to give you $9 million to do it, so you're going to do it, <laughs> and you're not going to complain about yeah. it. Because <laughs> you don't deserve that might $9 be why they got right nine million. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And we're going to pay you handsomely for mentoring. <laughs> it's yeah. going to be well worth your time. So they might have had that conversation, but I still want some shooters. You know what I'm saying? At the same time, you're going to give me him, and you got to give me some shooters too. You know, Rondo's going to need some shooters. Right. And maybe they think these young boys, they got the young boy from Kansas who can shoot. You know, they got Wagner. They got, so, you know, maybe they think these young guys um, coming along can, can, um, can help space the floor uh, in a way as well. But it's going to be quite uh, a bit. Looking at other moves, like away from those two teams, what, what teams impressed you as you start to look in the West and the East that made some moves that were sneaky that you're like, people – you know, this is going to push this team to the next level. It might not be a championship move, but it's going to push them in the right direction. What what moves that did 
you see that 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 led you to believe, wow, this is a nice solid move? Um, you know, I think uh, uh, I think the uh, so I don't think there's a move. I don't think there's been a lot of moves where it's like, man, this is really this team has really set themselves up to be a legit contender. Um, I think there've been some small moves because it's it's been a real tight. Like, the teams have been real tight with their money so far. Um, and this is just that kind of an offseason because there aren't a lot of teams with cap room. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of it has been teams either standing pat, re-signing guys. Um, like, the Tariq Evans is probably the one move where I think a team markedly got better from bringing in somebody else who wasn't on the team from last year. Um, the other moves have been, like, nice, small additions that might pay dividends but still nothing major. Um, I think today we had Dwight Howard going to the uh, Wizards, which that might move the needle at some point. Um, but I think it's really – you still got Marcus Smart out there. That one I think is going to be impactful. Where does he wind up? Um, you still have some of the restricted free agents, uh, Jabari Parker, Dante Exum, um, some talented young guys mm-hmm. who maybe they, get, maybe they get put in a bigger role. Um, maybe they get a bigger offer. So those are the ones that those those shoes haven't dropped yet. Um, so outside of LeBron and Demarcus Cousins, some of these other shoes haven't dropped yet. So you really don't see those major moves. What I will say though is that you know a lot of folks are like, ah, I'm not watching basketball now that Demarcus Cousins is with the Warriors. And don't sleep on what Boston has going for themselves. Don't sleep on. Oh no! Don't what? Sleep. Yeah, don't sleep on that. Right? Don't sleep on, uh, you know, uh, Philly. You know, those teams are going to be good. Um, Milwaukee is going to be better. Indiana is going to be a little I like better. The Illisova, I like the Illisova move in Milwaukee. I think they picked up Illisova. Right. right? I, I, like, uh, I like that move. That's a solid move with a big, again, creating space for Giannis, a guy who can defend, play hard every night. You know, he just adds to the culture I like that. It's a it's, it's a sneaky move, um, but I think you're right. Whatever Smart um, ends up, if he doesn't end up back in Boston, is is uh, could shift the thing, you know, um, uh, 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 big time. And so I, I'd love to see uh, uh, where that is. And, and one of the things I was talking, and I know I want to talk a little bit more when we, on our next podcast with Phil, taking a closer look at Cleveland as, as a person who's shout out to Phil T as a person who is really dedicated a lot of energy time and lives in the Cleveland area and have its perspective. But with this move, the one thing I, I felt about, and I said this to you earlier that and we've done it through text, is that I think that for Cleveland, this was quietly okay. And they turned the page uh, in what I would say is the right way, and they have a chance uh, to – I love Colin Sexton, man. I'm a Colin Sexton fan. Uh, this cat is competitive. If you look at Colin Sexton, he wasn't a highly touted um, recruit in high school. He kind of came on late, ended up going to Alabama and playing. He was on YouTube because of uh, the fact that he was playing against Penny Hardaway son and calling him trash and yelling over at Penny about it. This kid defends. He can score. He'll work on his jumper and, and can expand. You know, they get Kevin Love. And so, I, I, you know, everybody's talking about Golden State, but if you're a real good uh, basketball fan, there are, there are a lot of moves and, and some teams who made some moves. And, you know, they might not um, uh, get to the finals, but they're going in the right trajectory. In the, in the playoffs, they're going to be exciting 
because they made those moves. And that's why, that's why I agree with you. You can't talk to fans. You know, this is not the first period where you had dominant teams. Uh, you had, you know, the Philly team when Moses Malone went there. That was a dominant team. You, you had moves with folks came to L.A. when Magic was there, McAdoo and those guys. But we had these kind of teams uh, when, when Walton and some of those guys went to Boston. You know, you had these kind of teams. So this is it's, 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 it's a cyclical kind of process, but there's a whole bunch of other good moves and teams making. And you got some young players. Bagley dunked them up away Wagner last night like he stole something. You know, Wagner was giving him the business, yeah. but he dunked on them. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, if you're not excited about watching that Sacramento team, you you crazy. They coming, they playing, they balling. And so don't be prisoners of the moment. Yeah, so let me get on my soapbox for a second about this because this is this irks me. This is one of, one of the drawbacks, and I try to I try not to go on social media um, with my grievances about basketball because it's just more important. That airspace is just, there's more important stuff that needs to populate certain airspaces, and I don't believe social media is a place for me to go on and just whine about basketball because there's a lot of real stuff going on in the world. Um, but I will say this on these podcast airways because this is a sports podcast and it's the appropriate venue. Um, I don't mess with fans. I don't mess with y'all like that. If you're a fan of this player, fan of that player, fan of this team, fan of that player, I love the game. And so I'm trying to have conversations about the game. I don't care about who you like. <laughs> I, I don't care about who you like. I don't care about who you root for. I don't want to hear that. And so your opinion is going to be shaded. It's going to be slanted. It's going to be tilted. It's going to be leaning based upon who you like. Um, you know, folks, I'm a LeBron guy. Okay, cool. Most LeBron people think KD is trash. That's not true. Most LeBron people think the Warriors are garbage or insecure or scared of LeBron. That's not true. You know what I mean? Jordan people. Most Jordan people want to hate on LeBron. He ain't good. He don't got the clutch gene. This, that, and the other. Look at his finals record. None of that matters. Dude's one of the top two players in the history of the game. If you ain't got him, if you don't have him in your top four, we can't have a conversation. If you don't got LeBron and Jordan in your top four players all the time, we can't have a conversation. Um, Kobe fans, again, same thing. If you if you're hating on LeBron, you hate on this one, you hate on that one, I'm not trying to hear that. The thing I would tell fans is is there is uh, – just because I, I saw Black Panther, I knew T'Challa was going to win. I didn't make the movie suck. I still enjoyed the movie. After all what happened, Killmonger came in, wrecked shop, took over, had everybody wrecked, everybody mad. I knew the child was going to win in the end. I still enjoyed the movie. We knew the Warriors was going to win last season. We still enjoyed the season. It was still a great season. Still a lot to talk about. Still mm-hmm. a lot to be engaged in. And the thing I would tell people is that seven years ago, nobody saw the Warriors coming. So there's another team that's building, right? And that's going to take the Warriors' place at some point. They're going to take the Warriors down. This is all the process. But within that process, people are complaining about the fact that, well, the league won't be competitive. No, this is what happens in competition. You're just mad that the same person keeps winning. <laughs> but it's right. a competition, right? The Warriors are not supposed to go into the offseason and just sit on their hands. They're going to figure out a way to get better. That's what you and how can you not respect that? After three championships, they still trying to figure out ways to get better. That's the whole point of this, right? How can you not respect somebody that continues to find a way to get better? That's what this is all about. So, like, if you if you not watching the game because you don't 
like the Warriors or you think the Warriors going to beat everybody, everybody had a chance to sign DeMarcus Cousins. They didn't. Everybody had a chance. Everybody had a cap spike. The year of the cap spike, everybody had cap room. Everybody had everybody had room for a max deal if they handled their money right in the year of the cap spike. The Warriors got KD, right? So it's not like they're, they're doing something that nobody else could have done that then other teams didn't have an opportunity to do. It's competition. It's going to be winners and losers. And just because they keep winning doesn't mean the, the, the game is broken. <laughs> it doesn't mean the game is fixed. It doesn't mean the game is rigged because your team stay losing. That's just how it is. Somebody's going to win, and they just keep winning. You can't be mad. That's how competition goes. If you don't like it, beat them. Then they won't be winning no more. But until somebody beats them at whatever it is, whether it's free agency, whether it's the draft, whether it's in the playoffs, in the regular season, until somebody beats them, they're going to be winning because that's what they're doing. They're pursuing excellence, and that's what this is about. And that's why, just like in any other field of life, organizations, whether it's education, whether it's business, whether it's, you know, sports, whatever it is, great coaches attract attract talent. And that's what the Warriors have over all y'all fandom, all the teams that y'all root for. The Warriors have figured out the culture piece, and that's what people want to be a part of. And it goes – and the thing I – so the other myth that I think people got to kind of let go of is this idea that LeBron invented the super team. Like, people got to understand, super teams have existed since the beginning of basketball. We just call them Duke University. We just call them North Carolina University. We just call them Michigan University. The 5-5 five, five wasn't super team. You know what I'm saying? So the players have been telling us all along for the last 30 years, when they get to pick, which is the college selection process, when they get to pick, they go where they can win. <laughs> they don't go to lift up. They don't go to lift up Program X, who ain't never done nothing. They don't do that. They go where they can win. They go where other great players are. And so now it's finally gotten to the pro level where players are able to leverage themselves and their free agency to go where they can win. But that's what has happened at all levels. Players have been doing it since grade school, whereas picking your AAU team to then picking your high school to then picking your college, and now they're doing it with picking their pro team. It's just been a part of basketball, and it's not even – people want to say it's an AAU thing. Nah, Duke has been good for a long time. Kansas has been good for a long time. UCLA has been good for a long time. And it's always been about great players coming together, elite-level players all deciding they want to go play with other elite-level players, period. And so to throw this fit like this is something new or something different, you're just being a fan and you're being irrational because this is just how it goes when athletes are allowed to have some agency. They want to win. It's competition, And in competition, somebody's going to win. And so you got to put yourself in position to be the winner. And to do that, you need to go where other great players are. And that's how this works. And so all of these folks getting mad, this is the everybody gets a ribbon generation having a voice. Fall back. (laughs) Fall back. All right? This is not how it works. Either you step up and you become great and you will attract other greatness or expect to continue to get your mediocrity and be mad. 
be wrecked. You can be wrecked over there though. But it's not it's it's not a it's not a you just get to be good. No, you become good and then other thing other people who are great want to be a part of it. Right? Duke didn't just become Duke. Co- Coach K worked. He built that program up. And now he gets three I mean, you look at the top ten guys in this year's high school class. Three of them, three or four of them are going to Duke. That's a super team. That's a super team. But we don't call it that. We call it Duke University basketball. But that's what it is. So when the guys get to pick, they choose to play with other great players. That's all that's happening, man. That's all that's happening. But everybody want to get a ribbon. It don't work like that. It's going to be winners and losers, and the Warriors just keep winning. And if you're mad about them winning, you might be a part of that. Everybody gets a ribbon crowd. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Let everybody say amen. <laughs> you did it too, man. You did it too. So step your game up. Basically, that's what we're going to tell you. If you don't like it, step and, your game up. And somebody up will. And that's out. the thing that people don't understand. Yeah. Somebody will. Boston will. Yes, Philly right. will. This is a part of the process. Like, you have to go. The Pistons did it to Mike. You know what I'm saying? Mike Nim did it to everybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the, the, the Celtics did it to the Pistons. The Lakers and the Celtics went back and forth. You got to cut your teeth. Iron sharpens iron. And you got to cut your teeth against somebody. And the Warriors are that team now that everybody's got to cut their teeth against. The Rockets almost got them last year. Why? Because the, Rocket, the Warriors forced the Rockets to step their game up. Man, hey, I'm so if you glad know, you know. Got to act together. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad. This is what you got this treat. You got this treat. This is what we're gonna bring. We slowly bringing it back. We slowly bringing it back. We slowly weaving it in. This is why we got to bring the game changer to bless you with the gospel and stop crying. But I, I love it, man. I'm glad we were able to to get together for this, man, and, and do it, and, and, and for you to share. The nuggets I know I've been seeing in text messages and you just been running with. Uh, it's good to have you share this stuff, you know, with our with our listeners. Well, I'm glad to be back, man. Glad for the platform. Like I said, an appropriate venue for this uh, sports angst is is good. Um, is is good. It's good for my spirit. It's good for my soul, man. So I appreciate you, brother. Well, you know, until we do it again, man. You know. We're going to put them to bed. All right. Well, that's it for this edition of the Real Sports Guys. Realsportsguys.com, RSG Renegade Radio. Game changer, D-Wills. We out. That's right. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.